the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We should praise God for who He is. Yes, thank Him. We are the most blessed people on the earth. If you live here, if you're able to be under the sound of this voice, you are among the most blessed people on the earth. Thank Him for His blessings, but then praise Him, not for what He's done. We praise Him just for who He is. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. If you're not at peace with God, you're not going to be at peace with yourself, and you'll have trouble finding peace in this world. So the king is not at at peace. So he flips his lid. He really goes nuts. This is what he said. He assembles all the magicians, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, and he says, I had a dream. Tell me what I dreamed, and tell me what it means. You have to understand that. That's what the passage is going to say to us. Not just tell me what this means. (laughs) No, I don't remember what I dreamed. I just know it troubles me. I know I woke up with the cold sweats. It scared me to death. So tell me what I dream and, and then tell me what it means. If not, he says, I'm going to rip you apart limb to limb And then I'm going to destroy your houses. Now, I read from the ESV, and that's kind of what it says. But most every other translation says this. I'm going to turn your house, the place you live, into a dung hill, a pile of poop. He's nuts. He's flipped. So what do they do? Well, they do the only thing they can do. Look at verse 10. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, excuse me, sir, there's not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with the flesh. Hey, I want you to understand that you're going to counter things in life that have no explanation apart from the hand and the touch of an almighty God. There are things that you're going to experience, there are endeavors that you're going to go through that you want to understand the meaning of, and you're just going to have to say, I will trust the mystery of God. But for Nebuchadnezzar, he found this out. When you're losing your mind, common sense doesn't even make sense. Have you ever tried to reason with a person who's living in illogical land? In in other words, you're looking at all the decisions they're making. You're looking at all the things they're doing, and it makes zero sense. And then you try to reason with them. They've got a comeback. They've got an excuse. They've got a nonsensical answer for everything you say. And that's what happened with the king. Look at verse 12. Because of this, the king was angry. He was very furious. And he commanded to all the wise men of Babylon, be destroyed. 
So the decree went out, and the wise men were to be killed. But notice this last phrase, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Why in the world are they after Daniel? I thought it was enchanters and sorcerers and magicians and Chaldeans. Well, what did we learn in chapter 1? Daniel became one of the wise men. And so now, as can happen to you and me, he finds himself guilty by association at the hands of an angry king. Let me just mention, I, I talked about sleeplessness as a symptom, a sign of depression. Did you know that anger, particularly in men, anger is another symptom or sign of depression in your life? Things aren't making sense to you. You're not at peace with yourself. You're not at peace with God. And so you begin to latch out at others. That's what the king does. So what does Daniel do? Look at verse 16. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation of to the king. Now at this point, Daniel didn't know the interpretation, but he went to the king and said, hey, let's just set up a time for me to come back and tell you what all this means. Now, why in the world did Daniel think that the king that was angry, the king had just ordered everybody to be killed and, and their houses to be turned into a pile of poop? Why in the world did Daniel think the king would listen to him? Well, Look back at Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. After Daniel had resolved to do what was right in the sight of God, it says, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill and literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in what? All visions and dreams. So for a couple of years, we have every reason to believe that Daniel, in his encounters with other people, had begun to understand, wow, I have the ability to understand what visions and dreams mean. So fast forward, we're in chapter 2. The king has asked all the wise men to come in. Nobody can give an answer. They come to take Daniel to kill him. The executioner comes and Daniel says, time out. Let me go to the king. I just need a few minutes. So he goes to the king. He asks, hey, can I come back and tell you what this means? Because he knew that the God he had resolved to serve would be faithful to keep his word. And let me just tell you something, church. That is true for you. When you make a commitment to serve God, when you place your yes on the table, when you bend the knee and surrender, however you want to think of it, you cross the faith line, when you make a resolve to be faithful to God, he will always be faithful to you. He is the original promise keeper. God always gives you what you need. And sometimes he does that even before you need it. So in chapter 1, God gives Daniel what he's going to need in chapter 2. And so you're going to walk through times of uncertainty? Let me just tell you, your God will be faithful to supply your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Now, why would the king listen to Daniel? I ask you, why would Daniel think the king would listen? But why would the king listen to Daniel? Look at verse 20 of chapter 1. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all his magicians and enchanters that were in the kingdom. So while the king had not thought about Daniel, apparently previously, once Daniel goes to him, he says, oh yeah, oh Belshazzar, the Hebrew boy that we've been educating, the child of nobility. Yeah, I remember him. He may be able to help me. So what did Daniel do? He's self-assured, but he's not self-reliant. 
Boy, that's an important truth. If I were taking notes, I would jot that down. As a Christ follower, as a child of God, as a creation of the King of Kings, I need to be self-assured. I need to walk in confidence, but I must never be self-reliant. So look at verse 17. Daniel went to his house and he made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, who is that? That's the new names given to Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And he told them, seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this misery, mystery, so that, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So the first thing that Daniel did after getting permission from the king to take a few minutes and figure this thing out, the first thing that Daniel did, he went to the people who believed like he did. And he said, oh, seek the face of God. Ask him for mercy, because otherwise all of us are going to be killed. It's another principle here. When there's nothing left to do but pray, boy, you had better pray. Don't give up on prayer. Don't stop praying because things don't seem to be being answered the way you wish they would be answered. Because you're not getting your way, because you don't seem to have your will. Pray. Cry out to God, ask him for mercy. Just this week in my devotional reading, my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers says, prayer does not equip us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. You will never be what God wants you to be for his glory if first you don't advance on your knees in prayer. Someone else put it this way, almost everyone believes prayer is important, but there's a difference between believing prayer is important and believing it is essential. Essential means that there are things that will not happen without prayer. What do you need to pray for in your life? What are you going through relationally, financially, physically, emotionally, in your career, in your community? What do you need to pray for that's only going to be accomplished by you seeking the face of God in prayer? Find that out and pray. Jesus put it this way in Mark 9, 29. This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Whatever you're facing, pray. Before we move on, let me just tell you a couple things I see about Daniel right there. We're learning about him each and every week, but right here we see some things that should be exemplary to us, that that should lead us to model them in our lives. First of all, we see that his speech was marked with wisdom. So that which God had given him in chapter 1, he began to use in chapter 2 in his encounter with the king. He goes to the king and wisely he asks for time. I hope you read a proverb a day, a chapter of the Proverbs. If you do that every day, you'll be reminded that your lips, your tongue, your mouth has great power. Ask God to help you speak with wisdom. His speech was marked with wisdom. But secondly, we see his life was marked by prayer. Oh, that we would be known as people of prayer. What if, what if you would begin to pray, oh God, only do those things in my life that are accomplished as a result of my time with you in prayer. Let your life be marked with prayer. But then notice this, his heart was marked with praise. I know his heart was marked with praise because of what he begins to pray. And that leads me to maybe the biggest truth I want you to get today. The things that are unknown to us are well known to God. You've heard me say it. God doesn't have aha moments. God isn't caught off guard. God is never surprised. He never says, wow, I didn't see that coming. He's all-knowing. 
He's omniscient. Things that are unknown to us are well known to God. And Daniel knows that. Look at his prayer. Verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So God gave him the answer. He told him what the dream was. He told him what it meant. And then Daniel blessed the God of heaven and said this. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in his darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God, my fathers, I give thanks and praise. For you have given me wisdom and might, and have made known to me what we've asked of you. You have made known to us the king's matter. When we pray... We should praise God for who he is. Yes, thank him. We are the most blessed people on the earth. If you live here, if you're able to be under the sound of this voice, you are among the most blessed people on the earth. Thank him for his blessings, but then praise him not for what he's done. We praise him just for who he is. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says, the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. And Daniel gives us seven attributes and activities of the character of God. First, he talks about his eternality. That's reason to praise him. He's going to be here when we're not. He was here before we were. He is forever. He's the Alpha and Omega. Secondly, his omniscience and his omnipotence. I praise him because he's all-knowing and because he's all-powerful. Thirdly, I praise him because of his sovereignty over the nations. Now, that's going to be revealed in the dreams, but I just need to tell you something. He is sovereign over the nations. He is sovereign over the nations. Regardless of who is king, he is sovereign over the nations. Regardless of who is elected president, he is sovereign over the nations. Fourth, his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding. Fifth, his revelation and knowledge. Sixth, his faithfulness. And seventh, Daniel praises him because he answers prayer. You're the God who answers. You need to hear that today. He is a God who answers when you call. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer you. When life is uncertain, you pray and then you praise You know why this is so important? It's the third major truth. It's because many of the things that are known to God can be known to you. You see, we will not know everything about the mind of God, but he's given us his word, and he's given us the avenue of prayer so that we can hear from him. Look at verse 26. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream I've seen it and its interpretation? So you're hearing the background music is getting very tense because we know that God revealed to Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't know that. So Daniel's before Nebuchadnezzar and the king says to him, all right, 
Are you able to do what you said you could do? And Daniel answered him, and the king said, he answered the king and said, No wise man, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king the mystery the king has asked. Now, hear what he just said. King said, Can you answer me? And Daniel says, Hold on now. No wise man or enchanter or magician or astrologer can answer the king. Oh, but King Nebuchadnezzar, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he's made known to the King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay to bed are these. That's one of my favorite phrases in scripture. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mystery. You going through something you, you don't understand? There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. You're going through a physical illness and you don't see the end of this? There is a God of heaven who reveals mysteries. You're going through a relational crisis and you don't know how it's going to turn out? There is a God of heaven who reveals min- mysteries. Look at what he says in verse 30. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because of any wisdom. That I have more than all the living. But in order that the interpretation may be known to the king. And that you may know the thoughts of mine. So what we call that, this is the providence of God. It's the hand of God moving across the windows of history. The providence of God is our realization that as Christ followers, as children of the most high king. It's not that we're special because of who we are. It's that he's given us power because of who he is. And so Daniel says, oh, yeah, I'm about to tell you something that's going to knock your socks off. But listen, it's not because I'm wise. It's because I serve an all-wise God. And so he begins to tell him about his dream. And just imagine Nebuchadnezzar sitting there as he says this, and he's like, yeah, that's right. I remember that now. That's, yeah, I understand. That, that's what, yeah, I get it. He says, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, there's this huge statue, and it has this head of gold And then as you go down the statue, it's got chest and arms of silver. And then you're going to notice that its stomach and its thighs are of bronze. But then it's got legs that are of iron and clay. And he says, King Nebuchadnezzar, you are that head of gold. That had to make him feel good, right? He's like, that's when he took the big, oh, good. He said, you're the head of gold and your kingdom's going to last for a long time, but these are other kingdoms that are going to come. Sometime after, you're, you're dead and gone. Sometime after that, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, for example, what we know now, uh, that, that kingdom of silver, that was the Medo-Persian kingdom. And that kingdom of bronze, that was the Greek kingdom. And that kingdom of iron and clay, that was the Roman kingdom. And you know that Roman kingdom would last until the 1400s? It would be a vast, big kingdom. But he says, all of these kingdoms, every one of these kingdoms are going to fall. They're going to fall. The the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, they're all going to fall to the stone. Now, what's the stone, church? Oh, hold on. I just need to remind you. If the preacher asks a question in the church and you think you don't know the answer, there's one thing you could always say. What do you think the stone is, church? It's Jesus. It's the rock of ages. It's the cornerstone. It's the bedrock of our faith. Look at verse 44. And in those days, those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. 
His kingdom will never end. Nor shall the kingdom be left to other people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw a stone that was cut from a mountain by no human hand, it broke into pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold. A great God, a great God. Say that, a great God. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and the interpretation is sure. What's this all about? Well, the unknown and the uncertain, that troubles us. But we got to remember what's known, unknown to us is well known to God. And we got to know what is known to God can be known to us. Why? Because God wants you to know him. And he wants you to make him known. The God of the universe put this nightmare into this pagan king's mind. To point to Jesus. And I'm just telling you, as hard as it may be to understand, and as challenging and troubling and depressing as it may be, there's nothing you will encounter that has caught our sovereign God off guard. So everything and anything you experience is simply to point you to Jesus and give glory to his name. So what happened? Did it work? Well, just let's look and see. Verse 46, King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face. He paid homage to Daniel. He didn't get saved. He didn't turn to follow the one true God, but he recognized there's somebody bigger than me. This most powerful man for the first time recognized, wait a second, there's somebody, and all he, needed, all he knew to do in the moment is, is bow down to Daniel. Just think about this. The king is bowing down to this Hebrew teenage boy. He commanded that an offering, an incense, be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you've been able to reveal this mystery. That's why we like Bible prophecy so much. We want to know what the future holds. And scripture is filled with Bible prophecy. One-fourth of the Bible is prophecy. God prophesied that the children of Israel would be in Babylon. He also prophesied that they would be released, and they were. Do you know there's about 300 prophecies that just point to Jesus? Let me just give you an example. It says, he will be born of a virgin. That's Isaiah 7, 14. He would be born in Bethlehem. That's Micah 5, 2. He would be born of the tribe of Judah. That's Genesis 49, 10. His ministry would begin in Galilee. That's Isaiah 9.1. He would work miracles. That's Isaiah 35, 5 and 6. He would one day enter Jerusalem on a donkey. That's Zechariah 9.9. He would be betrayed by a friend. That's Psalm 41.9. He would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. That's in Zechariah 11, verse 12. He would be wounded and bruised. Isaiah 53.5. His hands and his feet would be pierced. Psalm twenty two sixteen. 16. He would be crucified with thieves. Isaiah 53, 12. His garments would be torn and lots would be cast. Psalms 22, 18. His bones would not be broken. Psalms 34, 20. His side would be pierced. Zechariah 12, 10. He would be buried in a rich man's tomb. Isaiah 53, 9. He would rise from the dead. Psalm 16, 10. That's 16 of the 300 or so predictions, prophecies about Jesus. You think God wants to point us to Jesus? Biblical prophecy is not just a good guess. It's good news to a guessing world. So what do we do? How do we live with certainty in uncertain times? How do we make it through life when nightmares come? Oh, we run to Jesus. 
just like we got out of our bed and we ran to our parents as little children. We dropped our knees and we, we go to our Heavenly Father. Her life is marked by her endurance of the Nazi concentration camps. Her testimony of faith shakes the soul. It was Corey Tim Boom who said, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future into the hands of a known God. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhill.org. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.